There seems to be a debate among the uh, so-called experts on whether there is such a thing as good debt and bad debt. Well, that's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Real Estate Revenue. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Estate Revenue, where one property can change your life. I'm your host, Paul Airy, and in this episode, we're going to talk about good debt and bad debt. Is there really such a thing as good debt and bad debt? Well, I guess that depends on who you are. Uh, uh, So we're going to get into that right now. And my opinion on this, uh, just right up front, comes from logic and math. No emotions in this. Uh, I don't have a need to sell you anything because of my philosophy on on debt. Um, So this is just the way I see it, the way it is. And... Uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll uh, be able to make a decision on that yourself, whether or not there's good debt and bad debt and which one you might have too much of or not enough of. Uh, so let's get started. First of all, yes, there is such a thing as good debt and there's such a thing as bad debt. Now you may have heard there is a, you know, you hear, financial gurus and uh, real estate people debate this topic. And one in particular, I'm not going to mention his name, but you all know him, will tell you that all debt is bad. And if you want to invest in real estate, you should save up the money and pay cash for it. Holy cow. How in the world uh, okay, <clears throat> so I'm sure you all know who that is. Um, I disagree with him. I think he is 100% dead wrong, but he's entitled his opinion, and I have my opinion. And I can tell you that uh, the average person who aspires to become a real estate investor is probably not going to be able to save up enough money to buy a decent investment property with cash. If you can, and that's what you want to do, that's what you should do. Uh, You should do uh, whatever is necessary to get you into it. Uh, Some people pay with cash, and then after the deal is done, they go back and finance it and get their money back out of it. Nothing wrong with that. So here is the idea behind good debt and bad debt and why I say there is good debt out there and there's bad debt. So first off, let's start with a definition of bad debt. Bad debt would be where you have uh, credit card debt, high interest credit cards, um, and you're using those credit cards to buy a bunch of crap that you really, you really, these are the things you should be paying cash for. Okay. Not your real estate. You need to be paying cash for these things like 
uh, big screen TVs, those giant TVs that barely fit in through your door, uh, and of you know toys that you buy that people buy uh, on credit card uh, with credit card debt and furniture and you know you when you buy furniture with credit cards uh, and you don't pay it off at the end of the month, your furniture likely is going to wear out and be gone before that debt is paid off. Okay. It is going to be, uh, it's going to be destroyed and worn out and you're going to want new furniture and you're still paying on the old furniture unless you pay your credit cards off at some point. And, uh, who wants to pay, who out there wants to pay, uh, 21, 22% interest on your couch? Uh, that's uh that's a lot to pay for a couch it's a lot to pay for anything for a car there are people out there paying that kind of interest rates on cars for crying out loud uh that's a depreciating asset all these things that you buy on credit with credit cards are depreciating assets and those are the things that cause you to have bad debt uh some car loans right now i've heard the subprime auto loan auto loan market is really about to tank and there are a lot of uh, the reason is, uh, some, some, uh, subprime auto loans are over 20% and people can't pay those when they, especially when you lose your job, you can't pay that anymore. Can you? It's hard to make a $900 a month car payment with no job. That's a tough car payment to make anyway. But you know, if you lose your job and you're paying 22 or 23% interest in your car payments, 900 or a thousand dollars a month, you're kind of in trouble. That's bad debt. That vehicle that you bought will never be worth what you paid for it unless you hold on to it for 30 or 40 years and it becomes an antique. And maybe if you took care of it, it might be worth that much. Who wants to wait that long? Uh, who wants to wait that long to save up the money to buy an apartment building or a retail store, you know, uh, that's part of the problem. Uh, bad debt has no financial returns. It has uh, zero cash flow and it kills your financial momentum. You do not have an asset there. Uh, your assets that you buy with this debt uh, are not going to increase in value and they don't provide you with cash flow. So uh, that's my definition of bad debt. The math doesn't work on it. You're losing money and your momentum in your finances is going down, not up. How does that differ from good debt? Now, I want to say, let me back up a little bit here. The guy that I've been talking about that wants you to save to buy real estate, pay cash, I have to pay him a compliment. He's got a great program if your finances suck. If you are in bad credit card trouble, if you've been buying all this stuff on credit cards and paying 20% interest and not able to keep your head above water, this guy is the guy to go to to get you out of that trouble. His program is great for people whose finances are a train wreck. Um, that's what he's good at. When it comes to real estate advice, I don't really like his real estate advice. Now, it might work for some people. I'm not going to say it's bad advice. It's just not, it's not what I would give. And 
I do not agree with it at all. So if your finances are a train wreck and you're in, in serious credit card trouble, go check out his program. Uh, it, it'll help you. Okay. Once you get done with that and you want to start investing in real estate, go somewhere else, get, get somebody else's, get some other program, get, get your education somewhere else. Don't try to save up money to, to pay cash for property. Uh, it just doesn't work. Um, so what is good debt? Well, what do you do with good debt? If the definition I just gave for bad debt was that you get no financial returns, no cash flow, and it's a depreciating asset that you're buying with that debt, what would good debt be? Well, good debt would be when you are buying an income for example, real estate. Really, when you buy real estate, that's what you're doing. You're buying an income. When you buy, now I'm talking about investment real estate, not your home, okay? I'm talking about rental properties. Uh, it could be a house, or it could be apartments, it could be retail centers, office buildings, industrial properties. All of these are income-producing properties, and when you use debt to buy those properties, they give you a cash flow, hopefully. If they don't, you shouldn't be buying it. Uh, they will give you a positive cash flow, and that is good debt. Now, why is that good? Because you're not going to pay it off. Your tenants are going to pay it off. You don't have to pay that payment. The only time you have to worry about it is if all your tenants leave and you're stuck with an empty building. Well, you know what? You have to prepare for that because that's going to happen from time to time. And this person that I've been talking about, that's one of the things he always tells people, oh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to invest in that property. What if your tenant leaves? Well, your tenant's always going to leave. All tenants leave eventually. They're either going to die or they're going to go out of business. Or they're going to move off somewhere else. They all leave eventually. You have to prepare for that. Don't think that you're going to have a tenant stay in a property for the rest of your life because they all move. It's just like your job. Everybody eventually quits their job somehow, one way or another. You get fired, you quit, you get laid off, or you die. Everybody leaves. So just prepare yourself for that ahead of time, and you really won't have a problem. So real estate is an appreciating asset. It increases in value. It provides you six different ways to make money, not just one, the way some people say, the same person. Um, <laughs> it's going to provide you with six different ways to make money. You make money when you buy it. You make money on the rental income. You depreciate it on your taxes, so you're saving tax money. It appreciates in value, so you're building up equity. Uh, you can increase the value by increasing the income and uh, increase the equity even faster, and you can make money when you sell it. So there are a lot of ways to make money on real estate. That's why it's such good debt. That's why I do not fear ever borrowing money on real estate. You have to prepare for it. You have to prepare for the vacancy. And uh, uh, they do happen. 
And if you have a high payment on a property and only one tenant, then you have to have a lot of reserve cash saved up. And, you know, the best way to do that is do what I did. I had a partner on a on an industrial property. We just took 100% of our uh, rental income after paying the loan payment out of that and uh, left it in the bank. That was our reserve, and it built up quick. And, uh, you know, that that's how we did it. You you don't have to save up to buy a property. Save up the down payment. You know how wealthy people, you know, uh, people talk about having a savings account and saving money. Well, wealthy people talk about that a lot, but you know why they save money? They don't save money to retire. They don't save money for a rainy day. They save money to invest. And you save your money for a down payment on a building. And you invested in that property, and that's why you save money. Anytime you need money out of that building, you, know, you can't spend equity, but you're going to have positive cash flow. I don't know any – all the clients I deal with as a broker, that all these people that invest in real estate, they always have money. They have money to do things. They have money to buy properties they have money to take trips and they have money to to uh, have a nice house and uh, they aren't extravagant they're very down to earth very conservative people and uh, they but they always have money and that's one thing I noticed when I started investing in real estate uh, I always had money and when I had more properties. I had more money. Uh, it just, that's how it works. So, uh, what are the characteristics of good debt? Well, they give, it gives you positive cash flow, and it increases your financial momentum. Uh, you take that money, you uh, uh, invest it in an asset, and that mo- that asset causes your money to grow, and it's that's building momentum in your finances and good debt builds financial momentum, increases it and it gives you positive cash flow. And that's why it's good debt. And you don't even have to pay it off yourself. Your tenants are paying that off. You don't pay it. They pay it. They're paying you rent to be in your, in your space. That's the problem that you solve. When you, when you go into the real estate business and the investing business, uh, as with all businesses, when you're owner of a successful business, you're solving a problem for somebody. And uh, the problem that you solve in real estate investing is people need space. And you can provide that space to them and they will pay you money for it. And they will pay you a lot of money for it. And uh, you will pay make more money than what you have to spend on the property. And your tenants are paying off your loan on that property. It's not coming out of your pocket. It's coming out of their pocket. They're paying you a rent check every month. Uh, The loan payment comes out of it. All the other expenses are paid. If you're smart and you use triple net leases, they're paying all the other expenses on that building. Everything, not not anything has to be paid by you. It all comes from them. And what's left over at the end of the month 
or what's left over after all those expenses are paid, that's your profit. And hopefully you have profit every month. Uh, as I always say, if a building doesn't have positive cash flow, you shouldn't be buying it. So here's why saving money to pay cash for a property doesn't work. Properties aren't cheap, first of all. The whole point of buying a property is cash flow. You want to have extra income. You want some protection, some insurance on your life. If you if something happens, you lose your job or you get hurt or you get sick and you can't work, that money that comes from that real estate can keep you going. It can keep you afloat. So when you have to save, how long is it going to take you to save up half a million dollars to buy a property? Let's say, or even let's say you're even a small property, you're paying, let's say you're paying $150,000. How long will it take you to save $150,000? The majority of people don't even have that much in their 401ks. When they get in there, most of the people in their early 60s, people that are 60 years old, their 401ks are about $150,000. So how long did it take them to save up that much to build that up? Uh, People don't have the ability, the average person don't have the capability to save that kind of money to buy a property. So you go borrow the money and you have your tenant pay it off. You save the down payment. If you do save $150,000, don't go buy a $150,000 property. Go buy a half a million dollar property or a a $400,000 property. $300,000 property, whatever. You go buy something a little bit bigger or you go buy, if you save $150,000, go buy $250,000 properties. Let the bank fund most of it and uh, you get your tenants to pay it off. By the time you save that money, the property that you were going to get for $150,000 is not going to be the same quality property because prices go up. Now they do go down too, but in general, over time, real estate property, real estate prices are going to go up. Today's $150,000 property is going to be a $300,000 property in 10 years and maybe even sooner. When you get to $150,000 five years from now, 10 years from now, the quality of property you're going to be able to buy is not as good as what it is right now. That is the fallacy of trying to save to pay cash for a property. If you make enough to do that, fine. And if that's what you want to do, great. Do that. Go for it. But don't think that you have to save. Most people will give up. If you think you have to save uh, say you have your eye on a property that's $500,000. If you think you have to save that much, it's going to be a struggle to do it. And by the time you get there, most people are not going to make it that far. Most people are going to give up and uh, they're going to go on to something else. When they could have just gone to a lender and said, hey, I got 100000 or 200000 What can I get? Let's talk loan here. That is my opinion on good debt and bad debt and my opinion on advice from certain people and how you should buy real estate. I'm sure that person who said that 
probably makes, I know he makes a lot of money on his uh, getting out of debt programs and whatever other programs he's got. And he probably has plenty of cash to do it himself, but he doesn't live in your world. He doesn't live in my world. And uh, I'm not going to go plop down 500,000 in cash to buy a property. Uh, I'm going to let somebody else give me the 500,000 loan it to me. You're going to lend it to me and I'm going to pay it back. My tenants are going to pay it back. People who give that kind of advice need to stop and think about who they're giving the advice to, uh, what kind of world we live in, uh, what our jobs allow us to do, and, uh, you know, aspiring new real estate investors. You're just probably not going to be able to save up that kind of money. I think we've about covered that. I want to remind everybody to subscribe to the channel. Uh, we'll have more content coming out. Every now and then I have to take a trip and I haven't figured out yet how to do these uh, these things while I'm traveling. And that's what's happened in the last week. I had to go on the road to Dallas and uh, uh, disrupted my whole flow here. So I have missed a few days of getting these things up and I'm back now for at least another week. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Give me a like. It'll help me uh, help me get this channel growing. And always remember, one property can change your life. One property changed my life, and it can change your life. It's a, an amazing thing what that can do for you, to have that extra money coming into your bank account every month without having to do any extra work once, once you get past the purchase. It's a wonderful thing. So that's it for this time, and I'll see you next time on Real Estate Revenue.